Wow, that's a lot of people here. Uh, hi. Um, guess I should first uh, say uh, thank you for uh, having me come talk today or speak to you or coming to hear me or uh, whatever I'm supposed to say. Um, your pastor <clears throat> asked me to come speak to you today. I don't know why he chose me. There's so many other better people in the Bible that could come. Maybe they're all busy today, I guess. It's kind of a busy day, but uh, I'd rather spend the whole day in my workshop, honestly. <laughs> this really isn't my thing, speaking in front of people. I could spend all day in my workshop just talking to the animals and just be fine. They're a pretty good audience. But uh, anyways, uh, my name's Joe. Did I say that already? Uh, Anyway, my, my name is Joe, and uh, your pastor just asked me to come and kind of talk about my life, which shouldn't take too long, hasn't been too much that's been that exciting in my life. Um, I was, I, I grew up pretty ordinary home. Uh, my parents, you know, did their best, gave us a good upbringing, and we had all our needs met, and uh, a lot of times a lot of our wants met, and um, you know, God, our father provided for us. My, my dad's name was Heli. He was a, he was a carpenter like me. Uh, taught me everything I knew about woodworking and, and provided for us uh, all the food on the table and the table and, and um, even provided a, a wife for me. That's probably the part of the story you want to hear about, I guess. Uh, I'd rather just talk about carpentry, but nobody ever wants to hear about that. Someday, maybe. I just like to, the feelings of the wood shavings on your feet and the smell of the wood. And Sorry. Um, so my parents paid a, a bride price for uh, Mary. You, you probably know that already. Um, so Mary and I were betrothed when they paid their bride price. I guess that's kind of like what uh, you would call engaged, but it's a, a little different. When Mary and I were betrothed, it was really like we were almost married in that moment. I mean, from that moment on, we were, we were called husband and wife. Uh, it was just a done deal that we had to wait a year to complete. I mean, if we were going to break the betrothal, you'd actually have to get a legal divorce to break it. So we were almost as good as married, but you had to wait a year in our culture and our time to to actually get married. There were two reasons for that. One, the year gave enough time for the husband to get a home prepared, which I was really excited about. I mean, I had been thinking about that all my life. I was going to build a little room onto my father's place, and it was going to be the place where me and Mary were going to set up our family and have our kids. And so I was excited about having a whole year to just dedicate to building that place. But the second reason uh, that you would wait a year before getting married is to, to make sure the, the, the wife, the woman, is pure and, and not pregnant, basically. I mean, you'd find that out in a year if that was the case. So, but honestly, with me, with Mary, I wasn't worried. I mean, Mary was, Mary was so perfect and innocent and great. I mean, to even think about that second part was, was laughable, uh, with Mary, that is until that day, um, when she came back from her cousin's house. She had, she had been there for 
uh, two, three months maybe. And she left real quick. I mean, no one really even knew why she was leaving. She kind of left without talking to anybody. And, and then when she got back a few months later, other people thought they knew exactly why she had left so quickly. Uh, they could see that something was different with her. I mean, I didn't notice anything at first. I mean, I, I can tell you, a, you know, a wood has is, is got a bow in it from, you know, you know a, a mile away, but I, you know, you change your hair or your clothes, and I'm just not going to see it. And other people said that they could see it, but I didn't see anything different. But then Mary came and talked to me, and she said something was different. Uh, she said she was with child, that she was pregnant. I mean, my heart starts to beat a little faster even now. I mean, I, I remember the way I felt. I was stunned. I, I, I said, this must be a joke. You can't be, you can't be serious. I mean, not Mary. Not the Mary I knew. This, you, this has got to be some kind of joke. But she kept telling me that it was true. And, and, and then I started looking, and I don't know how I couldn't see what other people saw. It was obvious that she was, she was just starting to show, and, and I was just taken back, and I didn't know what to do. And, and I was asking, who's the guy? I mean, I mean, how did I miss this? Maybe it was, I always see her and Benjamin talking down by the well, and maybe that was who it was. And, and I thought, well, who is this? And, she, and then she starts talking and said, well, there is, there is no guy. And she starts talking about this angel and, 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 and God made her pregnant. And then I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, I mean it's, who do you take me for? I mean, it's one thing to, to, to commit adultery. It's another thing to try and give me this story and then try and get me to raise another man's child. I mean, all I was thinking at the moment as she's making her excuses was blasphemy. You go and sin and then try and blame God for it? But she kept pleading. She kept saying that there was no man and this was God and there was an angel and, and, and I wanted to believe her. I mean, she looked so truthful, but I mean, I'm not an educated man, but I know how these things work. I mean, she was just trying to get out of her situation. I, uh, she knew what she faced. I mean, a law literally said that a person in her situation would be taken outside the city gates and stoned to, to death. In fact, the, the man would be too. Uh, truth is, we didn't really enforce that law anymore. We were living under the Romans at the time, and we really couldn't put anyone to death. And we had long since actually thought that that wasn't something we should do anyway, and we hadn't practiced it. But, but she would face disgrace. Her whole family would be ostracized and disgraced. No one would talk with them. No one would associate with them. There'd be a mark on Mary's family for the, for the rest of her life and beyond her life. This child would never be accepted into our community. And so I can't blame her. At that moment, I was thinking for trying to make up this story, but I couldn't take it anymore. I told her, I've got to go. I'll come back tomorrow, and, and you'll have my decision, and I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do and what's going to happen to you. So I went home, and it was a long afternoon and evening. I went home and thought about it and thought about the situation and, and what I would do. 
I mean, in one sense, I, I just wanted to just pretend it didn't happen. I would marry her, and we would, we would come together, and, and we would have our house, and everyone would forget about it sooner or later, and, and I just wanted to go on. I mean, this was my plans. This was my life that she was wrecking, and I just, I just wanted to forget about it and pretend it wasn't there, and we would just go on, and, and I'd make do. But if I did that, it wouldn't be Mary's family that would be disgraced. It would be my family. I would look like I had, had violated her. It would look like I had, had committed a sin. And I'd be bringing shame on my family name. And we didn't have much as a family, but we had our family name. In fact, we had a family name that descended all the way back to King David. I can remember when I was a kid sitting around and, and my parents, my mom and dad would always go through the genealogy again and again. They'd say, Joseph, do it again and again. And it begat and begat and begat and the father of the father of the father of. And I couldn't wait till it got to the end. Heli, the father of Joseph. All right, we're done. <laughs> I had my family name. I couldn't disgrace that. I'd not only bringing shame on the house of David, I'd be bringing shame on the name of God himself. And I could no more do that than I could undo what Mary had done. But she looked so innocent and loving. And I loved her so much that I decided I wouldn't bring any more shame to her than is already going to happen. I would divorce her quietly. Just me and her, and two witnesses. And that would be that. I wouldn't bring any more disgrace upon her than is already coming. I mean, it would come out soon enough, and she would have to deal with that, but it wouldn't be because I said anything. And that was my decision. I finally went to sleep that night, or tried to. While I was sleeping, actually an angel came to me in my dreams, you may know this part of the story. He came and he spoke to me in my dreams. And he said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. I remember it so clearly because the angel said, Joseph, son of David. And it was as if God knew exactly what I was thinking. As if God was saying, I know who you are. I know where you come from. I know what this decision will do to you and to your family. But I'm telling you what to do. The angel spoke to me that word and I... Woke up and, and I got up and I went to see Mary and I just did what the angel said. I mean, what would you do if an angel came to you and told you what to do? I just went and, and did what really what I wanted to do anyways. But I just followed the directions of the angel. What would you do if God came to you and told you to do something? I just did it. And actually, I guess this is why I wonder why people ask me to come speak to them at all. I mean, when you think about it for a minute, all I did was make a wrong decision. <laughs> I mean, maybe in that moment, I, I, I should have believed Mary. 
there was something in me that probably wanted to believe her, but I didn't. Even when I went home and thought about it more, I still didn't make the right decision. The only thing I did was when God sent an angel to this stubborn old Joseph that I I just did what he said. I, I had actually made the wrong decision. But maybe that's what it is to just be an ordinary person that follows God. Sometimes it's just listening to God and doing what he tells you. I mean, that wasn't the only time an angel spoke to me. Actually, God had to use that that technique a couple times. (laughs) A couple years later, we were living in Bethlehem uh, after Mary had given birth to Jesus and another angel came to me and, and said to take Mary and, and, and the baby Jesus down to Egypt. And I thought, we just got settled in Bethlehem. I'm just starting to set up my business. People are starting to come. And, and now you, I, all I want to do is just have a home and a workshop and stay there. And now I got to go to another country that I've never been to. And we can't even, well, I thought we couldn't afford it. We had just had these visitors come to us, these crazy rich people from the east that came and visited and, and, and they brought their entourage and they made a, a big commotion in Jerusalem so much that Herod noticed them and, and they brought gifts. They brought gold and myrrh and uh, frankincense. And that was more money than I had ever seen in my life. And it was certainly enough money to pay for a journey down to Egypt the angel said we had to go, and we left. And when we did, we heard that Herod had issued a command to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem that were under the age of two, which is the age of Jesus at the time. We don't talk much about that day. That's a sad day in the lives of so many families. We went down to Egypt, and... I mean, an angel told me, what would you do if God came and told you what to do? All I did was just listen to when an angel told me to go, I went. And after a little while, we were down in Egypt, and, and another angel came and said, and said, Joseph, now take Mary and the baby and go back to your homeland. Go back. Those that wanted to kill the child are, are gone, and go back to Galilee and Nazareth. I wanted to ask, is this the final move? Can I finally stay there? But just did what the angel said. I, that's really my story. Sorry if you're disappointed. I don't know why people keep asking me to come speak. I'm just a man who made a wrong decision, but then married a pregnant woman who he loved anyway because an angel told him so. I mean, really, there's really nothing else that's said about me in the, in the Holy Scripture. The only other time that I'm mentioned in the Holy Scriptures is when Mary and I were leaving Jerusalem for a feast, and we left Jesus, <laughs> and we couldn't find him for three days. And I think the Lord just left that in there to make other parents feel better, <laughs> that, I mean, you might not be getting it all right, but look at Joseph. He lost the son of God for three days. 
just an ordinary person. I mean, the funny thing is, is I lived my whole life. Uh, I made all kinds of things in my workshop. I made all kinds of things for families and all kinds of furniture, and those things are rotted away and long gone. And the only thing that people really remember me for is a couple years of my life when I had made a wrong decision and God intervened and told me what to do. And I simply did what God told me to do. And maybe that's just the message that it's about ordinary people who will listen and follow the extraordinary voice of God when they speak. I mean, what would you do? if God spoke to you and told you what to do. Anyway, that's my story. Thanks for listening. What would you do? What would you do with the gift that's given you? This morning, many of you, if not all of you, woke up and you exchanged gifts with each other. You gave your children or your children gave you or maybe your significant other or someone in your life, they blessed you with the gift. And now as you open it, you're, there's a moment where you decide, what do I do with this? Because um, uh, let's be honest, some of us, we love the gifts we were given, and some of us, we have a pile where we know it's going back to the store tomorrow, right? What do you do with the gift given you? For us, for Joe, Joseph, the decision was simple, yet a hard one. He struggled with it. He got it wrong, yet he got it right. The decision was simple. Today, the same call comes to all of us. What do you do with this gift of Jesus Christ? For Joseph, the call was simple. Do exactly what the angel calls him to do. Scripture lays it out easily and simply for all of us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. And so that is God's gift to you this morning. He presents you Jesus, his own son. And so as you go into your week, and we'll worship in a little bit, as you consider what Christmas truly means, Christmas is this, God looking down on his people and saying, I have a gift. I have a gift that I've been planning and I've been thinking about and I've been talking about for all of eternity, and now here it is. Now it's your decision what you do with that gift. So as you go into your, the rest of your celebration today, consider the gift you've been given, the joy that you've gotten, the peace that's offered, the hope that we have, the love that we talk about. Christ himself. So as you go into your day today and you go into your week and into this new year, go with the gift that God has given you. Let's continue in worship.